This episode of Country Squire Radio is brought to you by Missouri Meerschaum and ThisPipeLife.com. We thank them for their support of this show, and we thank you for supporting them. Tonight on Country Squire Radio, we're talking pipe smokers from history and fiction. Plus a pipe question on hunting down the best price of a pipe. Quick fire questions, your feedback, and more happening right now on Country Squire Radio. <laughs> Welcome to Country Squire Radio. I'm Bo. And I'm John David. JD. Hey, Bo. Good evening, man. Man, good evening to you, sir. How you doing tonight? You know, I'm I'm a little stressed out, yeah. but, but I'm doing okay. Yeah, it's been a uh, been a really busy uh, weekend and day around the shop, which is exciting. But um, yeah, yeah, doing well. We uh, we had Celtic Fest this weekend, Dude. which is our uh, annual convention here in Jackson of uh, uh, all folks that are um, obsessed with uh, things of uh, you know Celtic nature. Well, and things without Celtic nature as well. We've talked about it before, but Celtic Fest is is uh, historically anyway been been the place where uh, Mississippians come to let their fle- their freak flag fly. Uh, you know, <laughs> well, you're not kidding, man. Much love to this one individual because I feel like we got to talk about him. But there no. was there was one individual in particular who came to Celtic Fest, and then you know, for those of you who are not familiar, Celtic Fest. You would hear that and think, okay, that kind of an Irish, Scottish, yeah, it meets kind of Renaissance fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's kind of the mindset. Yeah, homeboy came dressed up as a Jedi. As Jedi. Now, right. when you see him, you think, okay, <laughs> maybe he's like a cleric or a monk or something of that nature. A druid, like druidism, that was like mm-hmm. a Celtic thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, he actually had strapped to his side a lightsaber. Yeah, and, uh, no, it was legit. And so after after being ridiculed, which I, I don't think it was fair to ridicule him, because again, let your freak flag fly. That's fine. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm very much in support of cosplay. I, I don't participate myself, but I do appreciate it. Uh, but, but I will say this, you know, uh, after all the flack that he got, he ended up buying a cane, hiding his lightsaber. And when I went up to ask him, are you a druid or a monk? Yeah. He just said... Yes, <laughs> <So>. <laughs> you got to give him props for being authentic yeah, in, a, in, in, in a in a in um, a environment that uh, screams authenticity. Right, so, right. right. <laughs> uh, but no, overall, man, Celtic Fest this year uh, kind of a little bit of a bust. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, really slow this year. So um, you know, I I don't really know you know what that was about. Obviously, you know, in the deep south, we've got lots of football games yeah and, uh the weather and you know just stuff stuff going on so you never know but the turnout was a little down but we uh did sell a few pipes and uh and had a really good time and uh drank a whole lot of guinness yeah so, yeah <laughs> that fun. is uh that that to me has always historically been my favorite part of celtic fest is uh you know the squire goes out you guys have kind of almost like a little lounge area mm-hmm. that you you put up uh got to meet a, a good friend of yours which was also very special yeah uh and then also we just man it was the usual suspects really and it was uh it was a lot of fun out there so a great time had by all even yeah, though it was, it was a little, little slow um, but man, uh, you know what's not going to be slow? You know what is going to be a great weekend? Not man. a good weekend, a great weekend. New Orleans, baby. New Orleans! <laughs> Country Squire Radio Live. 2016, man. October 22nd, right? October 22nd. Now, I was coming on the show tonight. I, I was planning and hoping to have a big announcement on the location. Uh, however, I still haven't gotten the confirmation. I've been hounding them, trying to get that confirmed. But I can tell you <laughs> this, because I know a lot of people are kind of waiting for a little bit more details yeah, to yeah. solidify their, their travel plans. Here's the deal. The layout of the way that we think things are going to go, or at least we hope things are going to go, is in the afternoon of uh, October 22nd is when we will actually do 
the uh, the live show at a location that is yet to be announced. Uh, then afterwards, maybe uh, going around getting little uh, oysters, if you will, maybe little cocktails. How yeah. you want to do it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then going from there to the long smoke competition, and then afterwards, you get the full on uh, Frenchman Street tour. Yeah. Uh, with uh, with myself leading the charge there, I think it'll be a blast. <laughs> so I know there was a little bit of uh, uh, confusion on how that was all going to go down, but here's what you need to do: if you're coming down, and you should, or if you're even considering coming down, you should uh, make your plans to be there. Uh, the the afternoon and evening of October twenty second. That's it. You can go home the next day, so make sure you have a place to stay that night. Uh, but uh, but that that is what we got for now. Hopefully next week I'll have the confirmation on the location um, because I, it, if it's a place in particular that I really want to do it, I think it would be so cool. I've talked to him a couple of times. We just have not gotten it confirmed yet. Yeah, yeah we're real close. It's real close. Real <laughs> close. So I'm looking forward to that. And that's this year. Uh, now, next year around this time, something's happening. Dude, it's exciting. Uh, yeah, our, our good friend Pylorns uh, in Texas, he uh, wanted us to make sure we announced, and they have uh, released as of yesterday, I believe, that uh, the Dallas-Fort Worth area will be hosting the Texas Pipe Show next year. Woo! And that's uh, that's uh, in fall of 2017. Yeah! So, uh, man, real exciting. Yeah, uh, it'll be uh, just a lot of uh, you know the Texas Pipe Clubs getting together, uh, focusing on this. They're going to have it in the Dallas-Fort Worth area um it'll be the texas pipe show and uh yeah it'll be you know like i said just kind of a uh you know a, a group effort from all your different texas pipe club entities and mm-hmm. uh it should be a great time um uh they wanted me to be sure to uh make aware that they have not released a date for this yet but uh it is highly highly likely that the date of the texas pipe show will be either the last uh, weekend in September of 2017, or the first weekend in October of next year. So, uh, so, so one of those two, that kind of time slot. They're waiting on a few things to kind of pan out, but, but uh, really exciting, man. Yeah, yeah. Te- Texas Pipe Show uh, first, and uh, you know maybe the first of of many. So uh, something exciting, and uh, we look forward to getting more details on that. Absolutely, and we will keep you posted as we do get more details. Easy now, drive from Jackson too. You know, only <laughs> only five hours or so. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, just is it. Uh, Five, I will say this. If it's five hours, that that is within my, like, I've got a, if it's over six hours, I fly. Like, that is the rule, <laughs> and I will not drive over six hours. But but even, I'm starting to lo- lower that down, because, yeah. I mean, you you can appreciate this. You're, you you know, you were reciting the entrepreneur's mantra earlier. I heard you saying there's just never enough time. That is the that is the entrepreneur's mantra. You're not right kidding, there. man. <laughs> and so, you know, that your time becomes way more valuable than anything else. And so, I might be moving that six hour down to maybe... Four and a half. I don't, I don't know. We'll <laughs> it's see. So lame. I'll drive. To, I'll drive to New Orleans or Memphis, but beyond that, I'm flying. Yeah. How about that? <laughs> that'll, that'll work. Um, uh, man, hey, not speaking of th- stuff that's going down, you guys actually uh, have an event happening this week. Uh, now, uh, if I'm not mistaken, this coming Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. It's actually a cigar related event, but uh, but yeah, we've got a, a, a D- brand of cigars, DBL, uh, small boutique brand of cigars. We've got a um, local rep here that is a really good friend of the shop, Joe Hill, and uh, he'll be here. Uh, Wednesday, it's only ten bucks a head. You get two uh, premium hand rolled cigars. You know, uh, generally thought of to be kind of a two for one value. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and so, man, it's gonna be fun. We'll have uh, some cocktails and uh, lots of good smokes and good fellowship. So, if you're in the area on Wednesday, come on by. That sounds awesome, man. Uh, you know, we've also for for those of you uh, who uh, may be interested in the San Francisco area, uh, we're gonna try to do a, a listener meetup. Uh, not. This week, but next week. That is awesome. Uh, I September love that. the 21st or 23rd or 20 
22nd, probably the 21st <laughs> to the 22nd. Uh, one of those days, uh, listener actually, Kirby Booth. Yeah, Kirby. Is, he's actually uh, made a pilgrimage here to the Squire. Is that right? Yeah, sure. Okay, has. awesome. Sure awesome. Him awesome. And his lovely wife. Wait, was he the one that had the big camper? No, 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 that no. was somebody else. No, that that yes, that that correct. But okay. uh, but yeah, Kirby, um, Kirby around from the Bay Area, kind of the northern part of of the Bay Area there, and uh, yeah, yeah, devoted friend and listener of the show, and um, yeah, he wants to get together with you if you're in that part of the world. Absolutely. So uh, so let's uh, y- y'all follow, of course, at uh, Squire Radio on Twitter. If you want to follow me at the Real Bo York, I'll have more information for you. Uh, but I'll be there. Kirby will be there. And um, yeah, we may post something to Facebook too. Sometimes that's easier for uh, for rallying the troops, so to speak. Are you going to San Francisco? Oh yeah, I'm going to San Francisco. Have wow. we not talked about this? No. Uh-uh. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So what, are you, what are you doing there? So next week, uh, uh, Briar and I, my, my co-founder of Satchel and I, mm-hmm. we're going to San Francisco. We've got a couple of meetings there. And then afterwards, we're going to LA Podfest in Los, An- in Los Angeles, where uh, where we'll be, uh, we're actually a sponsor. Satchel is actually a sponsor of that event. So, uh, Dude, that's exciting. Yeah, we got a table. We'll be giving out yeah. uh, buttons and shirts and uh, encouraging folks to uh, get the content on Satchel. And good, good. I'm, uh, I'm very much looking forward to it. I've never actually been out that way. So um, from uh, from what Kirby was telling me, there's not like there's not a huge pipe scene in the San Francisco area, which yeah. is kind of surprising to me, honestly. I would have yeah. thought that that would have been a, a good pipe scene. I think scene. they've eradicated most of us. <laughs> that's, that's crazy to me. But I will say this, man. So we're, we're going out there. We're going to do that. He, he mentioned one particular shop, and I won't mention the name because we're going to try to reach out to the shop because apparently it's like, you know, they got like this luxury lounge or something like that. That's very, it's members only, but he was saying maybe you can try to drop some of that internet fame and uh, yeah. see if we can uh, finagle our way. Try to there. get in. So <laughs> we'll, we'll see about that. But uh, one way or the other, yeah, man, San Francisco, uh, that again, probably the uh, 21st or 22nd, more details to come. We'll definitely have more details on next week's episode. That's exciting. All right, man. And then, uh, oh gosh, before we jump into this week's topic, we got uh, one last uh, item to discuss, and that is an upcoming episode. That's right. And I'm thinking actually next week's episode. Okay. Uh, being a pipe culture episode on pets. This is interesting to me. Yes. Yeah, I, the, just the thought of this, uh, you know, when uh, we start discussing this as an option, um, you know, uh, yeah, this is, uh, this will be fascinating to see where people take this. You know, I, it's just, it, there's something iconic about kind of sitting there smoking your pipe and, uh, you know, having your dog, maybe your, your lap cat or, or something like that, you know, having the animals... Uh, you know, being able to spend some time just scratching your dog, scratching your cat, smoking your pipe. And, I, you know, I feel like there might be something there. Maybe there's not. We might get tons of feedback saying, you're crazy. I never smoke my pipe and my pipe has nothing to do with my pets. And I have no stories related to this, in which case <laughs> it'll be a very uninteresting episode. But I will tell you this. A lot of you have already sent in your information, so I know that's not the case. That's it. So uh, we've got some great content. It, this pipe culture is uh, really a chance for us to uh, turn the mics back over to you. Y'all send in uh, your thoughts, your stories, your shared experiences, and we will read those and share those on the program, again, surrounding the topic of pets. And it doesn't have to be a cat or a dog. It could be a gerbil or a goldfish. A tarantula. Or a, a, a ferret or a, a scorpion. A scorpion. Uh, uh, a, a cougar. Your pet mongoose. Perhaps yeah. a um, <laughs> dinosaur. Maybe maybe you have the last dinosaur out there. I don't know. That was terrible. That's a pet bird. Do you remember Denver? <laughs> Do you remember Denver, the last dinosaur? No. Denver, the last dinosaur. What is that? What it was like a from? 90s cartoon. I don't know. I, I, going. <laughs> Too, too far back. Too far back. You know what I need to do, man? You know what I need to do right now? What's that? I really need to wake up. And, and you know what would be helpful for that? Bro? Oh, bean fruit coffee. It would. It sure would. Absolutely, <laughs> man. A cup of bean fruit. We actually have bean fruit coffee somewhere in the shop, but we don't have it in front of us right now. Uh, actually, did I, did I, maybe I took it home. <laughs> <laughs> One of us may have. I, I got to tell you, it's great coffee. There's no reason why you wouldn't want to snatch it up every single chance to get. And actually, if you go over to uh, beanfruit.com uh, and use the code CSR, you can actually get yourself 5% 
off when you actually order a bag of bean fruit coffee. These are uh, hand-selected beans from the biggest coffee bean nerd that I have ever met. <laughs> uh, really, really great quality stuff. You're not going to find coffee like it anywhere else. We've already heard from uh, several of you who have sampled the coffee. You love it. Uh, you've, you've converted over. This is now your, your primary method of caffeine, and uh, that's awesome. So bean fruit coffee, again, CSR. Use that code, 5% off at checkout, and it helps support this show. Dude, interesting, uh, you know, uh, series that we're bringing back from uh, from from quite a quite a hi- hiatus. It's been a while. Yeah. it's been a while. The last time we uh, we did a uh, uh, one of these was when we actually uh, did. Uh, I think it was the most interesting man in the world, and even that was kind yeah. of a stretch from the traditional heroes of the bowl. Which, sure. Uh, for those of you, if this is your first time hearing an episode that is entitled "Heroes of the Bowl," if this is your first foray into this particular series that we do, this is where we take. Uh, pipe smokers from history or fiction. Uh, John David being something of a historian takes uh, a pipe smoker from history. Me being something of a, a slacker takes something from fiction. And we uh, discuss each character and, and kind of their their uh, love of the pipe and, and how that may or may not play into uh, their their everyday craft. I like how you uh, associated slackerism and, uh, and and fiction. Well, I'm just thinking like, what, <laughs> what do I watch on TV or, you know, comics or video games or otherwise? That's, that's how I do it. But I will say this, you know, one of the things that I think we like to make sure to say before diving into this is the title Heroes of the Bowl, which is the title of the series. When we say heroes, what we, we're kind of more of saying kind of, uh, we're not necessarily saying these are actual heroes. In yeah, the that's true. That, you know, that, that's right. Yeah. Soldiers, uh, you know, firefighters, you know, there, there are there are actual heroes in the world. And, some and, of these, and we, we talk about those at some point. We do. Right? We yeah. do. And some of the people that we've talked about have kind of fallen into that category. Right. And, and occasionally some of the, uh, some of the, uh, the fictional characters have been actual superheroes. That, that's correct. <laughs> but that uh, that does not necessarily mean we're, we're kind of using that term a little bit lightly. Uh, in fact, for mine today, the person I'm going to be talking about very quite, much. Quite, quite lightly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just skirting the line right there. Uh, but yeah, let's, uh, should we kick it off? You want to kick us off with Yeah, this? man, this is exciting. So, um, you know, we, we talk about over the 20th century, just all the famous pipe smokers that come to mind. And, uh, you know, there, there's so many to pick from. And I thought we'd talk about an individual that's uh, kind of in, or very interesting, but someone that uh, you may or may not be as familiar with if you're not, uh, you know, well-read and, um, you know, some more deep uh, kind of philosophical thought of the 20, 20th century. And, uh, and that is Bertrand Russell. Uh, Bertrand Russell uh, is a British philosopher, thinker, uh, scientist, mathematician. Uh, he, he's one of these interesting folks that have a a varied set of attributes that just make him a, a fascinating case study for uh, critical thinking in the 20th century. Yeah. So uh, you've got this uh, got this individual um, from Great Britain, actually from Wales. Um, he's born Wales. in uh, a Welshman. Uh, he runs like a Welshman. He, ru- <laughs> he runs like a Welshman. What does that even mean? But he does. Yeah. He does, yeah. He does. <laughs> I mean, he would have to. He was uh, born in 1872, and Bertrand Russell, uh, again, throughout the 20th century, kind of mainly known as this uh, philosopher, uh, writer, mathematician, but but really kind of set himself apart in, um, in the area of social commentary. He mm. was one of those, uh, think of kind of a modern Noam Chomsky or someone that, uh, you know, had a lot of uh, detailed work and very 
esoteric areas uh, that, you know, maybe obscure to the average person out there just kind of going through daily life. But, uh, you know, it, very well thought of academically, but but was one of these personalities that was called on very often um, when, you know, maybe a news uh, organization or some uh, academic organization needed, a, a, you know, a highly educated person with an opinion. Like a specialist. Yeah, yeah, kind of a specialist or almost a talking head. He, I, I hate to call him that because he, <laughs> right. he was so much more than that and, and such a brilliant person, whether you agreed with his um, you know, philosophies or not. 18th but, century talking head. I'm just trying to figure out what the equivalent of that would be. I know, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, so uh, Bertrand Russell, uh, you know, again, kind of known to be this social commentator along with his critical thinking and, uh, and very influential through, through the last century. Uh, his parents were actually of nobility, which is interesting because, uh, you know, he came from a very privileged background, hmm. uh, but essentially became known throughout his life as a, um, you know, a kind of soft embracer of, uh, you know, socialism and, um, you know, and to some extent, even communism, depending on, you know, what day you caught him on. But uh, <laughs> right. he, he's one of those people that just really, uh, you know, I think had a had an interest in, you know, the state taking an active role and, you know, government and, um, you know, in people's lives and things of that nature. But um, sort of counter to his upbringing. Yeah, exactly. Which, yeah, I, yeah. which I think is kind of an interesting dichotomy. But um, interestingly enough, even though he was a uh, child of nobility, he was actually uh, basically left abandoned uh, to his grandmother. And so uh, raised by his grandmother and then with uh, tutors and whatnot, uh, became at a very early age, uh, very well uh, learned and, you know, uh, different languages, French, German, um, and uh, and on from there. So uh, started a career initially as a mathematician, uh, where he wrote one of his first great works, The Principles of Mathematics. And uh, what's, what's funny is, you know, and again, this is kind of uh, an esoteric area for, you know, folks that, you know, frankly, like you and me that don't study a lot of these really high minded, you know, uh, thought processes. I mean, I, I can't tell you last time I wrote a, I read a book on logic or something like uh, that. Yeah, I, I can guarantee it was a lot, <laughs> lot more recent than yeah, I have. I, know, I don't, I don't think I, I, I doubt I have actually, but, um, but yeah, so, you know, he, uh, in the principles of mathematics, he, he even, uh, you know, dared to, uh, explore the rules for which mathematic truths can be proven, which, I mean, oh, you, you, you talk okay, about yeah, the yeah, depths yeah. of that. I mean, we're talking about uh, someone that was very much a contemporary with someone like Einstein and things of that nature, another pipe smoker. One plus one equals two. Why? Why? <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Um, so, you know, eventually, as he became more and more uh, accomplished uh, just in um, academia, he also got more politically active. And so, uh, you know, was a uh, war protester kind of, uh, you know, fought against, uh, you know, mandatory conscription and, and that things of that nature. And after World War One, uh, you know, even got imprisoned because of uh, some of his, you know, thoughts along those lines. But Interesting. Um, as such a, you know, high minded kind of British thinker of the time, he was actually part of a group. Uh, think about that time of uh, the century. So you have World War One going on. And then at the very towards the end of World War One, you have um, the uh, Russians, actually, their empire collapses and the Bolshevik Re Revolution takes over. And so uh, you got the rise of communism in Russia. And um, there was a group that Great Britain sent over to Russia to kind of study the after effects of uh, of the you know Soviet Bolshevik Revolution, uh, and and Bertrand Russell was uh, you know one of the leaders of that group. So this, this was after they they 
like locked up the czar and burned his family or something uh, like that? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it lo- yeah, they actually deposed him, and then and I forget the timeline on this, but then several years later actually um, actually assassinated their family. Right, so, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, Downton Abbey, that's how I know that. Yeah, that, there you go. Yeah, it, that has... <laughs> Has very, very much uh, historical the historian, work. the lazy man. That's right. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, along with that, you know, became much more uh, kind of enamored with you know some of the socialist philosophies. But you know, uh, eventually, um, you know, it became very well known during the 20th century for his uh, work for nuclear disarmament. Okay, so uh, he actually worked with Einstein, uh, another famous pipe smoker, yeah. who we've talked before. Uh, about and um, they had the Russell Einstein Manifesto, which came out, uh, and this was right around the time you know we're talking like you know right after the Manhattan Project, and and you know so we're at the kind of the peak of the frenzy of you know the whole world kind of pursuing this uh, doomsday device, you know, to make right. sure they're the first ones that get it, and of course it's uh, debuted, and everyone's uh, you know obviously on the American side or you know, glad they have it, but the world is all of a sudden in jeopardy because of this proliferation. And so, um, you know, Albert Einstein and Bertram Russell actually have this manifesto that they get uh, most of the, you know, leading nuclear scientists at the time to sign that, you know, just kind of encourages folks to, um, you know, to uh, disarm their nuclear stockpiles. Like, hey, which chill out. Maybe we don't have to destroy the world. I don't yeah, know. we don't have let's, to do this. Let's smoke pipes. It's fine. <laughs> it's all right. So anyway, uh, eventually, you know, just with all his various writings, uh, wins a Nobel Prize in literature uh, in uh, 19, uh, 1950 Man. and uh, and then continues to, um, you know, kind of advocate for peace and um, and nuclear disarmament through the rest of his life. But, you know, one of those people that uh, just provides a really, uh, you know, interesting background, again, you know, someone that uh, you may or may not agree with necessarily philosophically, but someone that had a, a strong input on the, you know, social kind of conversation in the 20th century and um, and someone that very much loved the pipe. And and, yeah. and so, uh, you know, we obviously thought we'd talk about talk about him with that. Uh, he uh, was a fan of the straight billiard and uh, loved just a straight billiard pipe. Eventually, occasionally you'd see him with a bent pipe, but uh, was more of a straight pipe smoker. And uh, there is a mixture and I believe you can still get it on the market. It's called Golden Mixture. And it was tinned and is still tinned by um, Freiburg and Trier. Freiburg? Freiburg and Trier. Uh, And they, uh, if my understanding is right, it's kind of a, and I've never had it, but it's kind of a Virginia, uh, just clean, um, you know, light. Uh, light mixture that's not particularly cased with anything. So uh, it's nowadays uh, tinned by Planta, uh, which I believe are the folks that do also the Solani tobaccos, which uh, which we've talked about some before on the show. I'm sorry. I'm still stuck on this. Freiburg? Freiburg and Trier. Freiburg. Yeah. Fri- but Freiburg. Was that somebody's name? It, apparently. It sounds like they shot down a Borg cube, Star Trek, right. and then fried up a Borg. <laughs> well, hey there, Captain Picard. We got this here Freiburg. You try some of this? <laughs> Good with powdered sugar. I'm going to beam you up some right now. <laughs> Sprinkle that on there. Get that gravy. Good stuff. There you go. There you go. There's your 50th anniversary Star Trek reference. That's you it. happy? That's it. <laughs> there we go. We did That's it. it. <laughs> so many disgusted people across the uh, podcast world right Freiburg. now. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, uh, and you can still get this golden mixture uh, out there again. Uh, 
uh, tinned by Planta, and uh, I think it comes in a 50-gram tin as well. But uh, one thing that was interesting, uh, he was an avid pipe smoker, one of these people that, uh, along with, um, you know, other folks, he said uh, things of the nature like, you know, he's always smoking his pipe unless he's sleeping or eating kind of thing. Man. And um, what one thing I love, and uh, this is a just a really interesting uh, kind of topic, but he can remember the exact day in which he became a pipe smoker and, and, and kind of fell in love with the pipe. And uh, of course, this is someone, um, you know, we're talking about someone that uh, thinks on planes that you and I don't very much, and um, at least not regularly. And, uh, you know, he, he, he's uh, contemplating these really uh, lofty uh, thoughts of existence and universe and, uh, you know, uh, uh, the, the existence of God and, uh, you know, where we come from and all these things. And, and he says, he remembers the precise moment. He said, on one day in 1894, as I was walking along Trinity Lane, when I saw in a flash that the ontological argument, which is the existence of God, okay, when he saw that that was valid, uh, he had gone out to buy a tin of tobacco, and on his way back, he suddenly threw it in the air and exclaimed as he caught it, Great Scott, the ontological argument is sound. <laughs> and that is when he fell in love with pipe tobacco. So he fell in love with pipe tobacco and found God at the exact same moment. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. It's just really interesting, you know, someone that, uh, you know, could... What an amazing story. Think along all these different, uh, you know, planes, and, and that is the moment that he associates with falling in love with with pipe smoking, which I think is really, really interesting. Uh, one of the most interesting stories I think that he does tell, though, um, is how he describes how uh, smoking saved his life. And, and I love this. You can actually, uh, you know, I think there's a, a, a interview with him that you can actually hear him say this um, on, uh, on YouTube, but... Uh, so he says that he was got on an airplane uh, at one point, and we may have talked about this on the show before, but got on the airplane at one point and wanted to sit in the smoking section. Uh, and this this plane, believe it or not, actually actually crashed, and these the non smoking section passengers were the ones that that died. And he said that smoking saved his life. Like I realize there's a joke there. I just don't feel like it's. In it's like it's to too soon, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, that, but still, that's. I mean, that, isn't that interesting? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, that's crazy. It's crazy. That and, is absolutely and, crazy. And yeah. So anyway, uh, but that's Bertrand Russell. Bert, Bertrand Russell. That's it. Answer, all right. So that's good. So the uh, the Einstein connection makes me feel a little bit bad that I was not not familiar with them because when you well, mentioned the name, I was like, it went completely over my head. Yeah, that's the thing. He, he, you know, if you're not a you know student of 20th century uh, you know philosophy and um, you know, uh, I'm not. linguistics and some of those things, you know, I, I you're just not going to be as familiar with them. And, um, but, you know, I think he's certainly worth looking into as far as a, uh, you know, critical thinker of, uh, of our recent past. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. So that is our pipe smoker of history. That's it. I, I present to you, sir, Mr. John David. And <laughs> I'm really, I, I'm, I'm excited to see where you go with this. Okay. So, <laughs> This is we always who, bring up the most interesting people. Yeah, where, where do y'all find these folks? It's it's good stuff, man. It's uh, you know, it's I like I like to you know every anytime I see somebody smoking a pipe, it just it, it means something. You know that one of the 
I, one of the, I guess, benefits of pipe smoking not necessarily being in, in the zeitgeist, so to speak, is when you see it, it resonates with you. It sticks with you. It does. It immediately stands out. And, and there's also, you know, because it's not something that's not necessarily widely done, especially in film uh, or any kind of visual medium, if they present a character who is smoking a pipe, there's generally almost a reason to it, right? Like yeah, it's a sure. very specific decision uh, to have, have the character smoke a pipe. Uh, the character that we're talking about tonight is somebody <laughs> I've, I've mentioned before on the show saying I wasn't sure whether or not to make him a villain or a hero, but I, I, I came down on it because by the time the series that he was on was done, he was somewhat of a quote unquote well, I don't know if heroic characters right, but a good guy. He was, he was <laughs> more, more, more of a good guy to the main characters, not to everybody else, but to the main characters. He was, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. I am talking about Doctor Bob Kelso, aka Bobo, aka Bobcat, aka Bobatron, or just the Devil to Doctor Cox. Uh, this is a character, of course, from the uh, hit television series Scrubs. I, I love that this is uh, this is a thing. Yeah. So, so <laughs> did you watch Scrubs? I, you know, I watch episodes occasionally. Oh, that's uh, why you don't like people calling you JD. But that. Uh, no, I can Because the main character's name is JD. Yeah, he's all right, though. I, he's likable, you know. He, he kind of... Depends on the season. Kind of a clumsy, likable uh, protagonist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. no. He was, Wait, which I identify with. I was about to say, part. you can relate with him. That was the thing. Like, you know, he, he was he was sometimes a great guy and then sometimes a terrible person. But either way, you could kind of relate with him a little yeah, bit. Yeah, no, like, sure. Oh, he's terrible, just like I am. Uh, that's good. So, all right. So, <laughs> when you're presented with the, the beginning of the series, uh, you kind of have this character of JD, uh, who is your kind of entry into the series. Like, he's just gotten out of medical school he's starting this uh this is an internship that's what they do right uh they do a yeah they have a I think sometimes they have an intern year, but then they have a residency. Residency, yeah. right, right, right. So it's the in, I think he actually starts up with his intern year and then moves into residency. Although I could have that uh, wrong, but I will say this: so he, he goes in. You're, you're introduced to all of these characters in this hospital. Doctor Cox, who he sees as a villain uh, in his life story, because of course everything is kind of hyper drama in his life. And then Doctor Kelso, who's this kind of grandfatherly nice figure, who's kind of the hero. Yeah. Uh, but by the time the first episode is done, you realize it's quite the reverse. Even though the you know, uh, you know the hard-nosed uh, uh, Doctor Cox is is just you know constantly on top of him. He's got the heart of gold, and he's in it to right, save, right. The, save the day. Mm-hmm. Whereas Doctor Kelso puts on this facade of being this grandfatherly figure, uh, but at the end of the day, he's all you know like we got to do what's good for the hospital, and who cares if the patient dies? Which of course is very much not necessarily the case. By the time the series is over, he's not like that. Which is why he ends up in the heroes of the whole. <laughs> As opposed to our uh, uh, to the depths uh, villain series, uh, so yeah, so Doctor Bob Kelso, he was actually a Navy SEAL. Uh, he fought in the Vietnam War. Uh, he actually has the name Johnny tattooed on his ass, and uh, you know, he's an old sailing buddy. And if you went through what they went through, then uh, then you'd understand. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Good. Uh, generally speaking, Bob, you know, he. Uh, he, I wonder he, if Johnny was a uh, pipe smoker. You know, that's uh, that's a good question. Let's Unfor- talk about something else. I, I was about to say, unfortunately, we'll never know, uh, as as Johnny is probably dead. Bob Kelso, he did not have a great relationship with his wife. Uh, his wife Enid was always kind of a a punchline in whatever uh, crazy thing was going on in his life. And you always kind of felt bad for her, even though you never met her on the show. Uh, constantly cheated on his wife. Um, oftentimes you actually saw him cheating on his wife on the show. Wow. His invalid wife. I should also kind of add that in there. Okay. It gets better. Um, (laughs) you know, I think it was about, when do we get to the good guy part? I think it was about (laughs) season three. 
Uh, after you've just seen this guy be this terrible person, constantly cheating on his wife, constantly kind of abusing his, uh, his role as the, the hospital administrator, uh, where he's, you know, constantly ditching the hospital to go out on all these, uh, elaborate vacations and spending the hospital's money that should go to, uh, caring for the patients on. Yeah. Just generally what doctors do. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, there was one time in particular where he actually bought a, uh, he got, he commissioned a portrait of himself in the hospital as opposed to buying a new, uh, CAT scan machine oh, nice. for the hospital. Okay. Yeah, because he felt like it was worth it. Um, And so that's the thing. He was the villain in the first couple of seasons. But around the third or fourth season, they did an episode where uh, JD had to kind of write a paper or say something nice about Dr. Kelso. And they started to kind of peel the layers back on this character. And you actually saw that, you know, he, you know, the decisions he has to make are very, very difficult decisions. Right. And oftentimes, you know, it's, it's a life or death decision, but ends up being a life and death decision in order for, hmm. you know, this, uh, this program to be funded, we have to, you know, save this rich patient as, and let the poor patient die because the rich patient is a, you know, benefactor of the hospital. Wow. These ethical conundrums. Right, they, right, yeah. right. So they kind of peel Bertram back. Bertram Russell would have uh, things to say. About I'm, I'm sure. I'm absolutely sure. But anyway, so that was the thing you kind of saw like the way that his mind works to try to like make him not just this villain. Uh, they also did one in particular episode in, uh, where there's this mystery of uh, this musical uh, country music singer who some of the characters are convinced is actually Bob Kelso. And he constantly denies this uh, until at the very end, you realize that it is true. And the love songs that he (laughs) wrote and sang were dedicated to his wife, uh, who now apparently, of course, they have a terrible relationship. But there's this like nice moment where he calls her Bunny, which is the name of the song, and then she just kind of chews his head off. But regardless, <laughs> so again, pulling back the layers a little bit, you know, not necessarily that he's not a bad guy, but why he is such a bad guy, yeah. or at least the reasons he does what he does. Yeah. By the time the series was over, he started actually stepping a little bit more into that grandfatherly role. And typically in his best moments, he would actually have his pipe. Um, you know, if it was almost, Interesting. This, yeah. yeah, and this is kind of getting back to what I was you saying. Wonder if they use that imagery for, you know, some kind of device to, to make you more soft towards him. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, for, for time to time, you'd, you'd kind of see it play in up until that point where, uh, there's one bit about the, uh, the quote unquote smokers lounge and, uh, he mistakes a, uh, a Hispanic man for being a baseball player is ex- insanely offensive. But, uh, but anyway, so, but like, you know, it, it was while he was smoking his pipe there. Uh, there was one joke they made kind of early on too about how doctors are hypocritical. And so, you know, some, uh, a fat doctor would be telling his patient he's got to stop eating while the fat doctor is having a sausage or something of that nature. <laughs> and then, uh, Dr. Kelso is getting in somebody's face while he's smoking his pipe, telling them they need to stop smoking immediately. And so it's just kind of this, this, uh, you know, painting these, these kind of puns or these jokes and letting it kind of accentuate those jokes. But like I said, near the end, he started taking on this grandfatherly role. One scene in particular that kind of stands out to me is that later in the series, a character of Elliot Reed, who's yeah. a, a doctor in the hospital, uh, she's contemplating this relationship that she has with the primary yeah, character. Yeah, one of the main female characters of the show, right? That's right, yeah. that's right. So she's dating J.D. Uh, I almost called him John David because I mentally do that all the time. <laughs> uh, she's, she's, uh, so she's dating J- J.D. And um, she's just had a patient who died um, because her husband had passed before her and she died of a broken heart, if you will. It's kind of this wow. broken heart's disease. Yeah. And so, you know, she was just like, I, I can't imagine ever being that emotionally connected to somebody that, you know, I would literally die if they, if they died and just my, my, my body, my heart would give out. And so Dr. Kelso, he's, he's, they're sitting outside the hospital. He's smoking his pipe and he's kind of telling 
her about, you know, they've, they've been married for all these years and, you know, sometimes this just happens and he thinks it's kind of sweet. And it, and it was kind of this really special moment. Um, other That's times, yeah, yeah. Other times he'll be on the, his park bench where he'll smoke his pipe, uh, and divulge some wisdom to, uh, to some random intern or, uh, or otherwise. But, uh, but yeah, in the end he does kind of become this grandfatherly figure where he's looking out and giving advice where he can. But I admittedly, it's a stretch, Bob Kelso. Yeah, and 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 he takes the scenic route to get to you know become kind of likable, but we uh, but we we enjoy that. And, I like uh, to think what yeah. what Scrubs did as a show yeah. is take a lot of characters and like for example, Doctor Cox is the quote unquote hero character, right? Like he's the one that's constantly fighting for the patients, even though he's constantly like demeaning JD and telling yeah. him all these terrible things about him. And all JD does is he wants Doctor Cox to love him, but you know Doctor Cox is just saying terrible things. And then behind JD's back, he's like he's like a son to me, you know, like. <laughs> He's got this heart of gold type deal. And I feel like what That's that awesome. series did was it took all of these characters and said, here are all these people. We're going to make them insanely likable, but we're also going to show you how ter- like they are terrible people. Yeah. Like they're, they're constantly doing terrible things to one another, even though they're likable because that's, kind of that's human nature. humanity right yeah yeah uh and so there is there's you know in every single one of the characters they presented there was still something good about them and for bob kelso that good thing was constantly associated with his pipe so there good, you go good good call man thank I, you i think that's good yeah thank I, you. I, li- I like that i i thought one other uh, thing i'd throw in of course uh, bob kelso was portrayed by the uh, actor ken jenkins uh, i mentioned elliot reed the the character that bob was uh, giving wisdom to um there is a a a storyline with her where she has started working for another hospital, but she doesn't want anybody to know about it. And so her friend Carla has to keep this secret, which she is, has a hard time keeping secrets. Okay. And okay. so um, in the end, she just finally had to tell somebody something. So she told Elliot, I didn't tell your secret, but now you smoke a pipe because I had to tell them something. <laughs> and so Elliot Reed for a very short time becomes a pipe smoker. Because of my pipe smoker herself. Yeah, it's sort of. It's one of those things where like... She this, has to because of the secret. Well, it's not even that. Like the scene they shot of her in a park smoking her pipe, you could tell that is somebody who's never smoked a pipe a day in their life. There's no tobacco in that and that is not lit. Like it is very clear that she is not smoking a pipe. But for all intents and purposes, the character uh, was supposed to. So anyway. Wonderful. Kind of interesting stuff there. So yeah, there you go. Bob Kelso great, Scrubs. Man. Yeah, Heroes of the Bowl, dude. Good episode. Yeah, man, that's great. Yeah, I always love doing. Always, that. I love it when we do that too. It kind of gives us an opportunity to, uh, you know, find some interesting folks and dive into their, uh, you know, quirks and you know belief systems and all those other things. I did want to make one last thing. I, I can't believe I didn't mention this because you know whenever we do pull somebody out from fiction, we typically like to talk about what they smoked. And while we don't know what Kelso's uh, tobacco of choice was, whenever we did see him with the pipe, it was typically the same pipe. And by my estimation it looks kind of like a bent apple okay um i've kind of picture pulled up i don't know if you can kind of see that i know his yeah. hands kind of covering the yeah right yeah there. it looks i'd say that's an apple or a billiard something like that yeah, yeah yeah but definitely kind of a deep bend uh associated with it so um really cool pipe uh and uh great show i i, I love scrubs it was Great show. Now it's it had a it had a hit run and then it went off the air and then it came back on right or it, had, it was picked up by like another it was network picked up by another network and then they closed out the season on that network and then they relaunched another show with Scrub season nine I think they call it Intern Years or something like that uh, and in that season it just never found its audience. That's uh, that's Scrubs. That's Scrubs, man. That was Scrubs. <laughs> it's a great show on Netflix. Binge watch it. At some point, I've uh, I've joked before about wanting to do a uh, podcast that is just Scrubs plus drinking game the entire time. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, absolutely. That's gonna be fun. But you know what else is fun? 
What's that, Bo? Pipes. Pipes? You know what kind of pipes are fun? Man, I, particularly corncob pipes. Uh, especially corncob pipes from Missouri, Missouri Meerschaum. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Man, we got a great pipe uh, that is sponsoring the show from the good folks at Missouri Meerschaum. The Diplomat Pipe. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. One of the most popular pipes of the Missouri Meerschaum lineup. It's uh, uh, The Diplomat has uh, kind of a small apple bowl shape with a uh, bent and a straight stem selection. Uh, comes in with a really nice uh, kind of... Uh, dark plastic stem, which uh, just really sets it off in a nice classy way. So um, a medium to small size bowl. It's one of those that uh, you can tuck in your pocket and take with you. And uh, and it has a, certainly a classic uh, pipe shape, but uh, is has the distinction of, uh, of the corncob look. That's great, man. Yeah, those uh, those apple pipes are so gorgeous. And, you know, the particular cut of that bowl that they've got on this Diplomat Cop pipe from Missouri Meerschaum is, is just exceptionally gorgeous. I want it. I want it now. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, you, are, do you carry one of those right now? We don't have, have any right now. Okay. But uh, the Diplomat also comes in a kind of a, a tall tankard billiard shape. Uh, but we did want to focus on the apple one tonight it's because just it's just so uh, pretty. It's such, a, it's such a pretty shiny shape. Absolutely. <laughs> Pipe question of the week. All right, pipe question of the week comes in from Fox H on uh, Facebook. Uh, he also, by the way, sent in an iTunes review, which we'll talk about later, and it kind of plays into his question that he has for us today. Since you guys are deep into the pipe and I'm a newbie, any thoughts on how I can get a Savinelli Bing's favorite rusticated for the price of a Missouri Meerschaum? Uh, should I wait for a sale? Should I travel to a con? Should I risk getting a fake on eBay? Uh, this is a pipe that I uh, want for a briar, but uh, it's too rich for my blood. So uh, Fox H on Facebook, we're talking about a pipe that's near and dear to your heart. It is. What do you suggest, man? It is. Uh, yeah, man, uh, the Savinelli Bings, you know, I, I'm convinced, and I, I say this on multiple occasions, and they don't pay us a dime to say this. <laughs> I'm just a big believer in a Bing's favorite. But um, I, you know, I'm convinced they use some of their uh, best briar for this pipe. It has a very interesting line to it. It's very uh, svelte, and uh, the, the, the shank on it ha- has a certain proportion to the bowl that I think is just very unique. And so uh, I'm convinced they use really good briar for this particular shape. And um, yeah, you're just, you know, the, the odds of you finding it for, you know, uh, you know, under $50 or something like that are, are, are just very, very small unless you find it, uh, you know, as, at an estate sale or as a, as a used pipe with a whole lot of miles on it. So um, occasionally you will find one that uh, has some, you know, light wear that, uh, you know, might be somewhere under, you know, $80 or, or even 70 But, um, but yeah, as far as like fire sale prices with that particular pipe, I, I think you're going to need to save your shekels up and, uh, and, and get you one. But I, I have to be honest, it's worth it. Um, it's a wonderful smoke. It's one of those pipes that uh, once you get uh, kind of hooked on it, the, the shape itself just continually calls out to you. And, uh, and I think you'll really enjoy it. So um, eat some ramen noodles, save your, save your pennies and um, and, and get on there and see. Occasionally, again, you will find uh, Bing's favorites that, you know, are, I think they typically, the rusticated ones, maybe uh, retail MSRP is uh, either 130, 120 or 130. I think the smooth or uh, like 130, 140, something like that. Um, you know, and obviously on, you know, different sites, you'll be able to find that at a discount price. But, um, as far as like fire sale prices, uh, you know, uh, I'd probably uh, recommend you, um, pinch your pennies a little bit. Yep. You know, it reminds me of, uh, there was a pipe, a uh, very specific pipe that I really wanted, yeah. uh, kind of early in my pipe journey, so to speak. And it was, uh, it was a saddle bit, uh, straight billiard pipe. Yeah. 
and uh, it was the the pipe that um, oh, uh, uh, Robert Downey Jr. smoked in the first Sherlock Holmes movie. Okay. That he did. Okay. Uh, in, in in the subsequent movie, he had he had a ton of different pipes in that one. But in the first movie, there was one in particular that was it was black. It was rusticated. Uh, it was straight. There was a there was a design on the side of it, and that it has been questioned on the internet as to what, like nobody can figure out exactly what this pipe is. And so even to this day, I mentally like have it on my mind whenever I look at pipes to see, is that, if, if that, if that one pops up, depending on the price, <laughs> I will like snatch it up immediately. And if not, then I may put it on layaway. There you go. <laughs> price right. So, you know, I, you know, enjoy the hunt, but yeah, that, that is kind of, that's kind of fun. Thing. It's well, part I, of the fun, yeah. you know, is, is trying to find a bargain out there. And again, you know, you've got uh, eBay, which, you know, for all, you know, uh, general purposes. I mean, you're, you know, the, a lot of your sellers on there are going to be pretty reputable. And, and I think you'll find a lot of, you know, uh, good information on just the feedback that folks have left them. But, um, you know, try places, uh, you know, my shop carries estate pipes. We've got, um, you know, mm-hmm. other other brick and mortar shops around the country. It'd be worth maybe giving them a call to see, uh, you know, if 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 they don't have it on their website, they might, you know, have a corner in the shop where they've got some pipes that have been sitting around for a while, and uh, and they might tell you, you know, hey, I've got these pipes I'm willing to make you a deal on, and um, I always don't be afraid to call a uh, a retailer, uh, even if they you know don't necessarily have something listed on their website. Um, you know, you got to remember we're a we're a small shop, and there are hundreds of shops just like us across the country. And uh, a lot of times we don't have the you know ability to regularly update our website with all our inventory. So um, you never know; there might be a shop tucked away in your part of the world that uh, you know has a has a you know pipe sitting around that's been there for a few years and. Uh, needs a loving home, and they might be willing to swing you a deal. That's good. Yeah. All right, Fox. Good luck to you, and uh, we'll hear more from him in the uh, listener feedback portion. But uh, yeah. yeah, really, really appreciate it. Quick, Quick fire, fire with, with the squire. squire. Quick fire question. All right, these come in from thispipelife.com, the great community at thispipelife.com, uh, from uh, Piper Dave over there who writes in, and this is kind of interesting. This is going to be very different from any quick fire questions we've done before, I okay. think. Okay. I don't think we've done this before. Yeah. Uh, this is going to be one where we get two, and then they're going to float, like whatever we choose then goes against the next one. Oh, okay. All okay. Right? All right. Um, all right, so here we go. So plug or crumble cake? Plug. Uh, Real easy for me to go with plug. Uh... I think I think crumble cake. I think you 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 strike me as a crumble cake guy. Yeah, you know, yeah. Crumble cake's a little easier. It's it's easier I mean, like, to do with. Yeah. That's kind of a big part of it for me. <laughs> <laughs> easier and better. I like the process of it. I, I'm gonna go with the plug. All yeah. right, right on. All right, so so I said crumble cake and you said plug. Right. Now we put that up against flake. Flake. I have to go with flake. Okay. I love a flake tobacco. Wait, well, I mean, I mean, essentially, you've got a a you know plug that's been sliced, you know, but it. At, I, I love a flake. Fl- pulling a flake apart and and uh, loading your pipe. You, matter of fact, saw me do it with my mm-hmm. Vowin fourteen and this uh, you know J and J pipe that I I've got right here in front of me. Uh, right before the show, I was just going through my pre-show ritual of kind of loading my pipe up. And um, there's something about a flake that you know the process of tearing it apart. It just uh, it gets me. I love a flake. All right, fair enough, fair enough. All right, so I'll go with flake as well. Okay. All right. So uh, then, all right, here we go. So this again, we've got two, and then we're gonna. Put that up against the next one. Right. All right. Virginia or Burley? I'm going to do Virginia's. Definitely Virginia. Okay. Um, yeah. I'm just a Virginia smoker. Um, you know, and most folks, I think, do think Virginia's have a little more flavor to them, and, and they do. But, um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a sucker for a good Virginia. You've kind of sold me on Virginia. Yeah. 
I, I think I'm going to go with Virginia as well. Yeah. I mean, Burley, what is You say the Burley's like the tobacconist's best friend? It is. Yeah. So, I mean, the, it's, it's almost always going to be there. But, for, for, yeah, I'll, I'll go with Virginia as well. Yeah. All right. So, the answer of that now put against Perique. Okay. I, I, I don't feel like these are mutually exclusive, but that's not a... Uh, that's not fair. So I have to go with Virginia. Okay. Uh, I always, almost always like a Virginia. If a Perique is done well, uh, particularly with a certain type of Virginia, like a brighter uh, yellow Virginia in my, in my case, um, you know, I love Perique, but, um, but in almost all cases, uh, just a real clean Virginia tobacco, man, I, I'm game for that. Yeah. I think I'm going to be with you on that one. Yep. I mean, you know, you want to give it to the home team, but you know, if I'm being honest. Yep. All right, and then the uh, last two are going to be more traditional here. you got Syrian or Cyprin. Uh, yeah, this is uh, referring to Latakia, and so you've got uh, Syrian uh, Latakia, which uh, is going to be um, you know a lot more nuanced, not quite as uh, smoky, more floral. Uh, Cyprian, which is going to have that kind of uh, you know a bolder, more robust PD flavor. They're both PD, both smoky, both uh, – you know, kind of have those uh, campfire tones to them. But uh, on average, I like the I like the Syrian. Okay. Um, what do you think I would prefer more? Uh, probably Syrian. Syrian. Yep. Okay, I'll go with that one because honestly, those two, <laughs> I'm not as well versed in. Well, and you don't smoke a lot of Latakias either. I, I you don't. Know? Yeah. yeah, I mean, you, you tend to smoke, you know, more aromatics, Virginia blends, and occasionally you'll smoke a nice English blend. I know. Yeah, that's uh, true. Th- I remember the one that got you hooked on that was the one you got at the Nat Sherman, Nat uh, Sherman. shop there yeah. in uh, there on Fifth Avenue, and uh, yeah, there's just a whole host of those. If a if an English blend is done right, which is the right proportion of Latakia, I'm like you, I'll I'll smoke it. But on average, we you and I both don't smoke a whole lot of Latakia. This is true. This is true. All right. And then finally, pipe knife or reamer? I'm going to go with a reamer, but that's because I clean uh, used Mm -hmm. estate pipes all the time. Yeah. So, and reamers just make it really easy. I think pipe knife. Now, isn't the pipe knife just the other part of the tool that... Yeah. Yeah, then pipe knife. Yeah, that's all you need. Yeah, typically. That's where I'm at. All right, great quick fire questions. You know, again, those came in from uh, Piper Dave, who is a member of thispipelife.com. Now, thispipelife.com, an amazing online community that you want to be a part of uh, for a couple of different reasons. I mean, we've talked about before, of course, just the visual aesthetic of the website. When you go there, it's absolutely gorgeous. But also this wonderful forum community that is really, really great. Uh, we're, We're on there. We pop in from time to time. I know I go in. Uh, every single week because I like to uh, to gather up quick fire questions yeah, and kind of yeah. see what's going on. Uh, you know, I'm sure that, uh, of course, Pi Lawrence is in there as well. So with this new uh, Texas Pipe uh, events endeavor. Yeah, you're going to be seeing more of that on this pipeline. Definitely. Mm-hmm. So thispipelife.com, when you sign up, here's what you got to do. When you sign up, use the code CSR because it helps support this show. We really appreciate it when you do it. So thispipelife.com. Your thoughts, your comments. Listener feedback. All right, listener feedback. Okay, man. So uh, first one is actually in from Facebook. Uh, yeah. You want to read this one? Yeah. Greetings from Lecheria, Venezuela. I look forward to the live broadcast. Life is good when you can kick back by the pool, enjoy some smuggled in squadron leader, and listen to some blessed Southern accents. <laughs> hey. Uh, he says, keep it up, gentlemen, Josh. So, uh, man, that's awesome. All the way from Venezuela. That's great. Uh, man, uh, uh, probably a beautiful part of the world. I've never been there. Yeah, man. That's uh, that's awesome. I always love the, uh, the international... Uh, uh, thoughts and feedback whenever that's shared. Yeah. We also got on iTunes from Reformed Baptist who says, This is great. Not a great podcast. This is not a great podcast. It is the greatest podcast. Mm. I love the show and need <laughs> to find a way to find the quote unquote back issues not available on iTunes. Uh, not only did it convert me to the Briar Brotherhood, but it helped me pick my first tobacco, Lane 1Q, and Pipe, a Missouri Meerschaum country gentleman. Love that pipe. 
Uh, and it helps me find Pastor Pipes on YouTube and thispipelife.com online. Uh, thanks, guys, so much, not just for the fun in my ears, but for the community I've become a part of. And JD, when you're tired of that Bing's favorite, I know a good home it can retire to <laughs> mine. So there's no indication that this is Fox, but I right. think this is Fox. I mean, you based never know. That. Yeah, I mean, you know, just come get it from my cold, dead hands. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> right, 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 right. I love that pipe. Dude, yeah, thanks so much for writing in. Uh, we, uh, we're glad we've been a good resource for you and, um, and, and glad you're part of our community. Uh, Mark VV on Twitter tweets in uh, during the live show. He, said, he says he's late to the party, but it sounds like uh, Bo is under the weather. I uh, hope you're feeling better. Thanks, man. Yes, I have been suffering for the last couple of days. Uh, today was particularly difficult. Uh, my wife doped me up with the stuff that you're not supposed to operate heavy machinery uh, with earlier today. Uh, and I told my co-founder, uh, my satchel co-founder Briar this as I was driving him across town. Uh, so in was, your piece of heavy machinery. Yeah. 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 Right. So anyway, I'm trying to recover before we get on the road, but I really appreciate that. Thanks so much. And got several other tweets in from folks that uh, are watching us live, uh, at different stages. Uh, someone, uh, let's see, uh, at D Collar, watching us uh, while on duty at the fire station. He Man, says it doesn't get much better than this. There's a hero of the ball. Thank right you for there. your service, uh, my friend. We've got other folks. Uh, Denver the Last Dinosaur. Yeah, I'm, I'm retweeting that right now. Yeah, apparently that was uh, the dino, the dinosaur that you were referring to at the beginning of the show. That's right. Right. Is it a right, song? Right, Is that right? Right before you started talking about all these great philosophers and, and, yeah. and, and thinkers, I referenced Denver, the last dinosaur. A cartoon dinosaur from cartoon. the 1990s. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, and uh, and several others. We've got uh, John Griffin uh, at part-time try hard. He's uh, watching the live show while smoking some blue ribbon from the Country Squire, and, and he's working on his first uh, carving his first pipe, which yeah. is kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, we got a couple of you guys uh, tweeting pic. I love it whenever y'all tweet pictures of like your screens and, and that you're watching the show while it's live. It's, it's, it's amazing. It is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. But what I don't get is we had at least two people, uh, John Griffin and uh, and just me, D Collar, uh, who who have a picture of their phones. Yeah, like they're watching on their phone, but they took a picture and they tweeted it in. On another phone? With another phone? I, I, I'm just... How does I, that work? I feel like I've been incepted here. <laughs> this is crazy. But uh, great, great stuff, guys. Thank you all so much for uh, all that wonderful feedback. Of course, the, we love getting these tweets in during the live show and uh, having you guys be part of the process. If you get the opportunity, we'd love for you to join us for a live show. We broadcast live on Monday nights. Uh, that's our after-hour show, 6.30 p.m. Central. That's 4.30 Pacific, 7.30 Eastern. You can also keep up with us throughout the week. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at the Real Bo York. I'm at John David or you can get us at the shop at at underscore country squire. And of course, the show is at squire radio. You can find links to all that and more, including the Facebook page and stuff. You can find it at countrysquireradio.com. One last reminder that next week we will be doing a pipe culture episode talking about pets. So if you've got a uh, experience that involves your pipe and your pet or yeah. uh, whatever it might be, We'd love to hear those stories. So send them in. CSR at potisteri.com is the email. CSR at potisteri.com. Or if you go to countrysquireradio.com, click contact. It'll You can just fill it out right there, and it sends directly to us as well. Easy peasy. Lemon squeezy. Lemon squeezy. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> All right, man, man, I tell you what. This was fun tonight. I always enjoy uh, kind of diving into interesting characters from um, the pipe uh, brotherhood, uh, not just of current times, but of uh, long before and uh, and of fiction. And uh, and I was tickled to just get here and sit to 
get to uh, smoke my Valen 14 tonight. It was uh, it, it was good for me. You I know, ne- I needed it after a stressful day. You know, after, after you kind of took us through, uh, you know, this great uh, life and times historical piece, you know, and then I just talked about Scrubs. It reminded me <laughs> of the value that we bring to this show. You, yeah. You're the actual information, and I try to be entertaining. <laughs> no, dude. That, no, no. no I, I just fake it, and you're a really good court jester. It Whatever. Works out, it works out great. <laughs> That's good. Well, hey, let's go have a night. See you, brother. listening to Country Squire Radio, a member of the Pottery Network. For more information on this and other shows, please visit pottery.com. Oh, I, I I had to tell Chuck something, so you smoke a pipe now. Huh. Coolio. <laughs> 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 <laughs>